And good morning. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I hope that your week has gone well. I hope you're excited to listen and that the time that we spend together is fruitful and a blessing for you. It most certainly is for us. Here at Christ Covenant, we are so blessed to have the opportunity to produce this for you and share it with you and give all the glory and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, I'd like to open with prayer. Our most gracious and eternal Father in heaven, Father, we come to you in the name that you have declared that is above every name, that of Jesus the Christ, our Lord. Father, we come to you because he is worthy to be praised. And we thank you that we have been grafted into that holy vine through the blood of Jesus. Father, we are so grateful that we can call upon your name and that we can see the good news put forth in your word. And Lord, during this time of great turmoil and rest in our country. Father, we ask that your mighty hand will be upon us as individuals, that you would bring this nation again to a place of honoring you. Lord, we confess that our nation is sinful. We confess that it has turned from you, that it has walked away and has embraced so many strange ideas and so many things, Lord, that are dishonoring and displeasing to you. We ask that you would forgive us and heal our land, O oh God. We ask that you would move on behalf of your church, that you would allow your glory and your grace to be seen. Father, let there be peace in our land. May there be fire in our pulpits, O oh God. May we proclaim an unwavering truth, for we recognize and we bow our knee to your sovereign hand. And we are so grateful, Lord Jesus, that you are still seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and that you are ruling and reigning, that you, O oh God, are in control, for you see the beginning and the end. Lord, Move on our hearts and our minds that we would give you what is due. Give us feet that are set firmly upon your path. Give us hands to minister and eyes to see. Give us ears to hear your word. And give us a boldness to declare your good name. I ask you to bless this radio broadcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we are still going through our series on the session of Christ, and I hope that you've been blessed by it. I want to touch today on a couple of things found in Acts chapter 5. You see, this is one of Peter's early sermons, and it's so wonderful for us as Christians to see the boldness that God gave to Peter in a time right after the birth of the church. 
And one of the most beautiful things here is that he is proclaiming and announcing the good news. And not just any good news, but he's announcing that Jesus Christ is ascended and seated at the right hand of God. And he is declaring God's righteousness, and he is also declaring that salvation is of the Lord. And Peter, many years later, still heard in his letters, in his writings, telling his readers that the Lord is seated at the right hand and has authority and power in submission to him. And we're going to get to that in just a a couple of minutes, but I want to touch out of uh, Acts chapter 5. And our key verse is going to be found in 31, but indulge me, if you will, as we start at verse 17. And it says, Then the high priest rose up, And they all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Now, before I go on any further, the Sadducees were mad. But I want to remind you of who the Sadducees were. We hear a lot about the Pharisees. You know, they always persecuted Jesus. And they were always trying to trick him and and trip him up. Well, the Sadducees were doctors of the law. They were the more, if you will, scholastic. And the Pharisees were kind of like that public face of things. But there was a big distinction between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And one of those distinctions is the issue of the resurrection. Pharisees did not deny that there would be a resurrection in the last days. They did not deny it. However, The Sadducees did. And we can see this um, back in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 22. And I want to read you something very quickly here. It says, starting at verse 23 of Matthew, chapter 22, The same day came to him the Sadducees. And right out of the box it says, Which say that there is no resurrection. And then I want you to notice, I want to read this really quick, uh, but I want you to notice something. Remember I told you that they were people of the law. And the Sadducees were a sect of, of Jews that believed that there was to be no resurrection. And now look at what they ask him. They said, verse 24, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married, married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection... Whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Now, we're going to stop there. I don't need to get into Jesus' response at this time. But you notice how the Sadducees, even though they didn't believe something, still asked, trying to trip up Christ. Now, it's these people who 
were attempting to catch Jesus in a mistake by using a hypothetical, by using the law. Now that happens today, my friends. And one of the reasons I bring this up and read that to you is not just because I want you to know about the Sadducees and that they didn't believe in the resurrection, and here they are persecuting the church again, but the fact that there are people today who will not believe in something, but yet try and trip you up as a believer, trying to get that, aha, see, I caught you. And that is one reason that we as Christians must know the Word of God. We must understand what it says so that we can answer, empowered by the Holy Spirit, as Christ would answer. So let's go back here to Acts chapter 5. Then the high priest, starting at verse 17, then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is a sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to all the people, all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. And when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them out, brought them without violence. For they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in his, this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring the man's blood upon us. What a wonderful testimony. My friends, if I were to stop right there, I would ask you this question. Would you be so bold to do as Peter and the disciples did, and to have that testimony said of you, when the authorities would say, haven't we said to you, do not speak in the name of Jesus? We'll let you go. You can do whatever you want, but don't speak in the name of Jesus. Don't teach in His name. Now, my friends, that should be a call to the church. That should be a call to every believer. One that says this. When persecution comes, now mind you, these people were imprisoned. When persecution comes your way, and you've been given the command by Christ. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what you are to do as a Christian, as part of your responsibilities in His kingdom. 
to proclaim, to testify, to declare the goodness, the righteousness, the holiness of Jesus. Would you be so bold as to go back and proclaim where it's hostile. Many of us today would say, uh, no, they asked me not to. But yet we as Christians are not commanded to be silent. We are commanded to serve, to teach, to declare, to defend our faith. And look at what Peter said. I'm going to go back to verse 28 so you can hear this in context. It said, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Hallelujah. Wouldn't we love to be able to fill the entire city with the doctrine of Jesus Christ? Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. My friends, that is a declarative statement. That is something that we as believers in Jesus Christ should also say. That is something that we should take to heart, something that we should have inbred within us, ingrained deeply, that it cannot be separated. We should be so bold as to say that I will obey God rather than obey men. My friends, understand this. We answer to God. And yes, we answer to the lesser magistrate. And we are to honor, respect, and obey those lesser magistrates as they've been appointed over us. However, when those lesser magistrates and those laws go against the law of God, we as believers in Jesus Christ had the responsibility to stand up and obey God. Now, Listen to what comes in verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Verse 31. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them, that obey Him. My friends, that is the perfect response. Understand something. Peter and the other apostles did not give their feelings. They did not go and say, but it's my right. I need to do this. You're infringing on me. No. What did they say? They gave all the glory to God, the direction that God did, and put the authority of Jesus Christ squarely in their face. Let me read that again to you. Verse 30 and following. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. We didn't. We had nothing to do with that. God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hanged on a tree. He's bringing back to them the very recent, very raw crucifixion bringing back their actions, appointing it to the direct time that it took place, putting them back into perspective, saying, look, the God of our fathers. Now, mind you, these are all Jews. 
they know who they're speaking about. They know who the apostles are in reference to. Because the Sadducees and the Pharisees were Jews. The apostles were Jews. And so what happens? They're bringing back saying, look, we have unity here. The very God of our fathers. That word our implies one of connection. Unity. Bringing it in there. It's not just mine. It's yours too. It's ours. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. And then notice, notice what it said. The next very phrase is important. They're not taking responsibility or ownership for this, but rather declaring the work, the will, and the volition of a mighty God that it is His power that did this. Him hath God exalted. Who? Jesus. Jesus is the one that God has exalted with His right hand, signifying His power and His strength. My friends, we serve a God who is all-powerful, who has authority, who has right, who has dominion, who is the one to be exalted. And this is what He says, Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel. In other words, repentance, that means that they are to turn around, turn away from their sin. And it didn't say there to everyone else. It says to Israel. Here he's addressing the Jews. He's addressing this ruling body, this governing body of the Jewish sect. And forgiveness of sins. And then this is where they take possession. This is where the, the, the declaration provided by the apostles come into play. This is where their own faith meets the road. This is where their own ability comes in. Why? Listen to this. We are His witnesses of these things. They're showing that they are subjected to the authority of God, that they belong to God, that they are testifying of the truth, and we are His witnesses. My friends, your life as a Christian is not your own. Your life belongs to Christ. Your witness belongs to Christ. You are His. See, that is the problem for most people. They don't want to belong to anybody. They don't want to have to be under the authority of anyone. But yet, when you take on the name of Christ, you are declaring the risen Savior. And we as Christians, in following the Great Commission, and being under the authority of the one true living God, must recognize that all that we are, all that we will be, all that we do, speaks to Him, declares who He is. And so the question for you would be, and for me and for everyone else who hears this, what does your witness say? Are you a faithful witness 
when it comes to declaring the righteousness of God? Are you the faithful witness in proclaiming who Jesus Christ is? Or is he just an add-on to you? Is he at the forefront of your mind in all that you do, all that you are? Does your life bear witness to that of Jesus Christ? And one way or another, it does. It either says that you are a faithful witness, that you honor God in all things, that you strive to show who He is, to display the love He has given you, the grace and mercy He has imparted to you, or it shows that you protest against Him by your actions. We need to consider these things as Christians. We need to consider the statement of the life God has given us. Would it be declared, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or will it be declared, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity? In these times, in all the trials, turmoils, and trouble that are in this land, we have a responsibility to rise up as Christians ever, even more than ever before and show the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about embracing sin. I'm talking about loving the sinner as God would love them, that you can't leave them in their sin. God does not love sin. God despises the sin so much so that he died that we would be forgiven of it. But my friends, why do we choose to stay in it? We should be choosing to rise above it. For our life is not our own. We belong to the risen king. The truth doesn't change. And the response doesn't change either. For those who are railing against the glories of Christ will oftentimes rail against conviction. Listen to what the Sadducees, the religious leaders, did. When they heard that they were heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. My friends, your witness is never going to be easy. It's not always well received. But the faithful witness stands firm. You see, we serve a God who is still ruling and reigning. Our job is to be that witness that others would come to recognize the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is what we're trying to do here at Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. We want so desperately to see the lost saved, to reach our community, to change it for the glory of Christ, to be those faithful stewards of what God has imparted to us. And we would like to invite you to come and work with us, to be a part of this. The road's never easy, but our God is faithful. I would invite you
to come check us out on Sunday morning at 10.30. You have time after this broadcast to make it. Yes, we recommend that you wear a mask because of uh, what's going on with this COVID-19. But my friends, you're invited to come worship with us. Our address is 1320 West Nolana here in McAllen. Our service starts at 1030. You can follow our Facebook page. You can watch our live stream if you can't get out. Uh, that's at Christ Covenant McAllen on Facebook. You can go to ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. There you can find past sermons. You can check us out. You can also donate. We would love to have your support that we would be able to help further our reach into the community. We are not the type of church that stores everything up and just keeps it here. Everything that goes into our church gets poured out into ministry. We'd like to invite you to be a part of that. For if even one soul is saved, our God will receive the glory. We hope and we pray that you are blessed by these messages, that you want to learn more. This series is also going on on Sunday mornings. It's just more in-depth. We want you to be a Berean, studying to show ourselves approved, one who is faithful to God, one who knows Scripture, one who understands Scripture and pours that out into their daily life. You see, one thing that we have here at Christ Covenant Church is we recognize that the relationship we have with Jesus Christ is in fact a covenant relationship. We entered into a blood covenant when we accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. And we take that very seriously. We're not a big church. But we are a church that seeks to honor God in all things. We are a church that seeks to give glory to God above all else. We want to be those faithful stewards of what God has imparted to us. And we'd invite you to come be a part of it. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for listening as we go through the scriptures, understanding the session of Christ. For our God is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ruling and reigning and still in control. Rest assured that He is faithful. Rest assured that He will not fail. Rest assured that He has the answer. Please, come check us out. You won't be sorry. You will be blessed. I thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in. And may you be encouraged throughout this week. We hope to see you very soon.